Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hello it's crystal with life inspired in this episode my co-host chris kelly from the fish sits down with fish artist blessing offer who shares his inspiring story and music with us so get ready to be blessed with what blessing offers Thank you, Crystal. Who is Blessing Offer? Well, first, he was born in Nigeria, moved to the United States at six years old, and we'll let Blessing tell the story. I am definitely from Connecticut. Just like I sound like, (laughs) I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, we speak newscaster English. That's what, that's what they <laughs> newscaster English. No, no, no affect whatsoever. (laughs) Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit here. Right before the pandemic. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris Tomlin puts out this album, Chris yep. Tomlin and Friends. Uh-huh. I remember talking to him about the album and asking him, what's some of your favorite songs on the album? And he says, there's this song called Ten Roof by a guy by the name of Blessing Offer. And I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we think, well, that didn't take long. Right. To get from point A to point B, but I'm guessing there's a little bit longer of a journey being on a Chris Tomlin album. Right. And then... COVID happens. Yep. You're in the middle of, I'm assuming, working maybe on yep. an album. Yep. When the song got on the Chris record, that was probably mid-July. July 31st, if I remember correctly. That song came out. And then I signed my deal with, with Capital and the gang in late October of 2020, which was weirdly like a good time because it was in the dead middle of COVID mm-hmm. lo- lockdown stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it actually was just like we signed, and then I got to just start doing quiet work which is just songwriting and all this kind of stuff that happens behind the scenes anyway and because there wasn't anything happening in front of the scenes it was okay to just be behind the scenes working Mm -hmm. and then the very next you know 2021 as things were in the process of starting to ease and not we were just slowly emerging with songs so it honestly couldn't have gone better because i had friends that signed their deal in the beginning of 20 and the uncertainty lost them the deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. when we signed, the extra six months of kind of things being quiet just let us mm-hmm. toil behind the scenes without anybody going, what's going on? You know what I mean? So weirdly enough, a great time to do it. Was singing something always that you did or is yeah. it something you discovered later? Um, So back in Nigeria, like we all sing and sang. So when I was a kid, we all sang. My family still sings. I think no one ever assumes singing is a career right. back home right and when when you're an immigrant and you come to america you're supposed to do exactly what my uncle did which is like get a white collar job and make a lot of money and, and send money home <laughs> you're not supposed to go hey guys i want to be a songwriter mm-hmm. you know what i mean or right, like right uh, i'm gonna be let alone a professional songwriter it's almost like, like telling your parents you're gonna be an art major exactly <laughs> <laughs> telling your dad that uh you know your wildest dream is to start like a landscaping company mm-hmm. so it's like that was a conversation did you have some that believed what you in what you wanted yeah. to do and was, was going to happen you know i wouldn't even say they didn't believe they just thought there were more practical options right you know right. what i mean and uh-huh. like we we are about practicality mm-hmm. like but once it started happening like 
enough teachers that told my family that I had some abilities and I'd focused on it through middle and high school and this that, and the other thing. So mm-hmm. they, they, you know, I think it was only in college when I majored in it where mm-hmm. they were like, oh God, he's serious about this. You know what I mean? How important was God mm. at the start? We always assume he was always there, right. and I grew up in the church, yeah. and everything was just hunky-dory. Hunky, exactly. That's not exactly the way it is Man, all the time. I'm glad you said that, because everybody tells, you know, people go, what's your story? Everybody tells their story like it was this foregone conclusion. Right. And I just, that's not an exciting story. And honestly, my story is like my dad was the first Christian in our family. Mm-hmm. in Nigeria. Me being a Christian is in and of itself kind of a miracle. Correct. And then so when I came to the States, my uncle who grew up Catholic, that best agnostic. So mm-hmm. like he came, when we came, he had me go to church for maybe a year or two, just because my dad was like, is blessing going to church from home? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And eventually like we, I stopped going to church as a kid, but, and then when I got to high school, I kind of reconnected with another church and got baptized and so like my adult faith kind of started in high school and college mm-hmm. right and but i you know grew up in the church as a kid so it, there's a point where you make it your own right you know? right so, not just because someone else said correct. this is the way you're supposed to be correct and honestly like my my knowing god has always been like an intellectual thing because coming from where i come from you have to you have to like square the circle of god how come people are over there hungry Mm -hmm. and over here utterly full Mm -hmm. right and so like Mm -hmm. me and god debated a lot and Mm -hmm. philosophized with each other a lot and asked a lot of questions sure and like i mean i read i remember in college you know i read books on taoism and buddhism and all the you know you do all the all the mental exercise Mm -hmm. to to find where you think your soul can rest for it ever because that's a big word forever you know where did your songwriting start to center on some of that man i i think i've always written songs in some way or another i remember in connecticut i was listening to 92.5 the country station right you know what i mean and i was listening to motown and i was listening to all of these all of these examples of like song craftsmanship like songs that are perfect not like mm-hmm. fluffy songs but like right, right. they're catchy and they say something and mm-hmm. they're memorable and mm-hmm. you know so like those are the guys i grew up with so when i started music i think i had that dna in my ear as a as a as kind of a an archetype of this is how a song goes you know and so, so so there's i can hear the there's a little bit of holland dozier holland going on in, in i love doing. those guys yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i read the the barry gordy biography uh, that came out probably uh-huh. five years ago uh-huh. or so, and he talked about getting those guys on board at first to produce uh-huh. a bunch of records. Super interesting thing. Oh, so ab- yeah. ab- absolutely. Like, what was the one of the first songs you remember? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I remember being eight years old, uh-huh. and my third grade teacher got me this record. She had no idea I was musical. She got me so- the Songs in the Key of Life record. Oh, right? wow. And to this day, I can sing, uh, Good morning or evening, friends, is your friendly announcer. And like I always tell people, the four people that taught me how to sing are Donny Hathaway, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and Marvin Gaye. Oh, uh, we could talk all day. Those are the four people that like I learned right. singing from by uh-huh. just listening to them to death. Right. And so I learned all my runs from all those guys and like... Yeah, so that's that's my DNA, really deep. And then the Beatles and James Taylor, just all those guys. Well, it, it only makes sense. I wow. Mean, Ryder Days was like, okay, yeah, well, yeah that, that's 
That's going to do something. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate that deeply. (laughs) Did you ever think that uh, not only, you know, having a a big song on the radio, but having it kind of weaved into just Mm, pop culture so fast? (laughs) I mean, it's it's really it's a great message. Yeah. I mean, anyone can can hear that song and feel by the end of the song that exactly. you know what that things are going to be yeah. better they are going to be brighter and i i do this thing because i grew up in connecticut and connecticut it's not like a christian cultural place right well welcome to portland exactly you know so like all my i didn't grow up with christianity being the dominant anything both in the northeast and in nigeria so my language and the way i approached my friend like most of my friends weren't christians so i couldn't speak christianese to them I had to talk to them like people, you know? So like I had to, we have to, you have to still relate to the world. So like when I write songs, I try to make it songs that if you are a believer, you know the perspective I'm speaking from without a doubt. But if you're not a believer, it still feeds you. That's kind of my, my life goal is like, this should be music for everyone insofar as it's good for your soul and what's good for the soul of a Christian should theoretically be good for soul of the world. Well, and clearly it's resonated. That's that's for sure. <laughs> when was the first time you heard yourself on the radio? Oh my god. I think I was in I was in uh, Nashville and we were driving. If I'm not there's a burger place called Burger Up which is down the street from my apartment and I was in the car with some friends and they're like, "Oh, your songs." And we turn it on and it's the bridge and it's going, "Oh, uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I made her, I rolled down the windows and I turned it up. I was like, let's just see if anybody noticed. Nobody noticed, but it's fine. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's, that's me. me. <laughs> well, wait till you hear the Muzak version. That, yeah, exa- that, that, oh, that, I can't wait. Really <laughs> that's when you know you made it. It's Muzak. So tell me about, uh, I, I'm going to assume it was an email or a phone call from this dude named Toby Mack. <laughs> It was two things at one time. It was a text from Toby and then uh, a message from my managers. And they're like, hey, take a listen to this song. Toby wants you to, like, jump on it and do a little feature. And I said, okay. And I listened to the song. I was like, oh, this is such a Toby song. It's, like, fun. It's, I mean, Toby, I get Toby in, in that I think we try to say things in a way that will still reach the ears of the world mm-hmm. and so he and i are very um kind of simpatico in that in that mm-hmm. sense so i was like i would love to do this and so the whole day at the studio i don't think it took more than three four three and a half hours at most from get dropped off to walk out because we did the final take mm-hmm. i it was just so much fun I, there was just tacos every i remember a lot of tacos <laughs> And then, and then just like a lot of laughing and, you know, we told each other kind of a little bit about life and obviously we both can relate to difficult things and finding God in the midst of all that. Sure. But also we can both, uh, and even I, it shook me when Toby says I'm finding joy, you know, and, and he is the goodness like for for a guy like Toby to sing that song is powerful. Well, I was that's what I was going to ask. Obviously, you were uh you two intersected mm-hmm. at a point where he was really trying to decide whether right. this is something he was going to continue to do Correct. from what I've what I've heard him talk about that it's this experience yeah. of this album him putting together this album and obviously 
the song of goodness uh is, is something that turned out being rather therapeutic for him I, I, honestly for me you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that guy said just gave me wisdom that i you wouldn't believe from anybody but a guy like toby mac mm-hmm. you know um because it's one thing to hear someone say you know god is good but to hear it from a guy who's been through the valley sure and so recently and so tragically and so completely and thoroughly it's a different meaning you know so and 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 yet the song is celebra- celebratory because um you know joy cheap joy is not is not the solution to anything right mm-hmm. it's like or cheap happiness right mm-hmm. but but deep joy is different so like I feel like I use this Camus quote a lot. Albert Camus, Algerian philosopher. He has this quote that says, "Grief carves a canyon, so that joy may overflow it." Well, wow. right. So like if you don't let that canyon really live and exist and acknowledge it, then the joy can't really ever come in and fill it up. Mm. So that when I when I read that quote, I was like, "Oh my!" It's imprinted in my brain mm. because that's literally the pattern of life is grief canyon joy overflow right? wow so toby's that example want to grab your guitar come on it's covid you're at home i understand you love just getting together and strumming the guitar with I, friends i do um what what kind of songs usually come to mind when you you're know. doing that like if we're, we're we're sitting in your apartment right now yeah. and we're all sitting around what what comes to mind you know usually first thing i do is is uh it's probably try to find some kind of groove, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So once you find like a once a you know find a pattern that works, you can just write lyrics over it. Mm-hmm. What's any songs on the album that came from uh, this exact setting? Hmm, a couple actually. There's a song called Grace. There's a song called Look at Love. Um, and actually, Believe, Hank was on guitar and I was on piano. And that one's actually... When I play it, I do the John Mayer version. It's like... So it's like uh believe being in place. The next yeah. And you'll hear me when I go so goes. So you'll catch me when I fall, right? And you'll hear me when I call crying. And you'll fix me when I'm broke, right? And that's all I need to know. So the storm is gonna break, right? Every day I'm gonna be smiling And everything is gonna go right And that's all I need to know But what if you know something I don't? What if you will something I won't? If you don't give me what I want But you give me what I need Is that enough to Believe, 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 believe in your love Will I still Believe, 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 believe in your love. Sweet. 
So when you when when you start with an idea and it winds up, you go in. I say you go into the studio, uh-huh. t- t- which could be your bedroom. Yeah, I, I, I generally finish it before. And then you you sit back and you just listen to it mm. without playing anything. Yes, you're just just focusing on the final product. How, how does that feel? <sighs> Sublime. It feels uh it feels like out like magic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it started from your brain. Right. Started like as this little idea mm-hmm. off the top of your head. And that's I feel like for me that's when I realize what a gift creation is, mm. creativity is. And like when you create something, you are you are in a lot of ways like joining God in the thing that he does best, which is making something new. You know what I mean? So like when you write a song, that feeling of finishing the song is a a tiny speck of the feeling of the joy of the pride that must have been creation. You know what I mean? Like when a, when an artist does a work and he goes, "This is very good." Mm. You know what I mean? So, and there there aren't a lot of things. I write songs a lot. Not a ton of them are very good. A lot of them are like, "Oh, this is decent." <laughs> but like for for a creator to be like, "This is very good." Like says a lot of what what god must have thought of what he did uh-huh. very good you know it's a high bar it's so. like having kids yeah <laughs> how many of them are very good let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> you know my middle one not so much yeah. but yeah. Man, my oldest baby yeah. he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty good. i mean you probably stop once you get very good you're like all right <laughs> where we'll stop here <laughs> yeah very good is a high bar so where, where do you see yourself going forward what are the things you still want to do what are the things you still dream about and and, and pray about Honestly, I ultimately my goal is to as a Christian who is an artist, as a Christian who plays music and writes songs, uh being that I'm from Nigeria, I I want to put on concerts all over the world mm. where where when people walk into those concerts, they don't feel like they need to already be Christians. Mm. Right? I just want them to come because they heard of this music that is fun and life-giving and uplifting. Yeah. And they want to come join that and then from there maybe they get they get a little bit of something they want to know more about. I love it. So that's that's the goal. I, the the prerequisite for me is not that it has to be at a church. When I do the Brandon Lake tour, I always play a song that's not a church song. I was uh, last time was Gravity by John Mayer. And I say to I say to people, I was like, I always say to the church, I say, now follow me now. Don't get scared. Don't let me scare you away. I said, I'm going to play a song that you've not heard in church. And I said, and I, I always preface it with, what, have you guys read Psalms? And they go, yeah. And I said, what if I said to you, I can't explain what makes a man with all the love his heart can stand. Dream of ways to throw it all away. Or, or twice as much ain't twice as good and can't sustain like one half could. It's wanting more that's going to send me to my knees. I, and I, I always say, don't you think that's something David would have written in Psalms? Mm. And I said, what if it's already in a song? And what if that song is called Gravity? And then my guitar player starts going, or whatever that lick is, you know what I mean? Right. And they call and so, the crowd. Like, yeah. And they go, oh my God. But like, the point is, a guy like John Mayer and, and a lot of music diagnoses the world's ills, right? And like, we know the truth but like we should also acknowledge that a lot of the world 
already knows it's sick. Mm. And like, there's a, a spark to that to say like that guy that's had everything in the world gets that it's not enough. And so like, rather than closing our ears to that truth, we should be like, yeah, yeah, buddy. And <laughs> here's another little bit of the piece, but like, that's a lot of the puzzle right there is the artistic way to be able to say this is broken. And like that art and that creativeness is the pardon the nerdiness imago day and john mayer creating mm -hmm. and speaking truth and like that's no less true because it's not in church you know what i mean like that song is no less spiritually affecting because mm -hmm. it's not in the church in fact it might be more so well we're weird to be known by our love not mm -hmm. by our labels exactly you know and and when you show them the truth of, of a song like that, or I always, I do to make you feel my love. I say, what if God is singing to you like, yeah. when the rain is blowing in your face and the whole world is on your case, well, I could offer you a warm embrace to make you feel my love. I said, what if that's God? They go, whoa, you know what I mean? But sure. like, just because it wasn't written in church doesn't mean there right. can't be truth in it. Oh. Because Amen. Right. So it's it's a fun game I like to play at my shows because it's the truth. Mm. And we do it tongue in cheek so it makes everybody laugh, but at the end of the right. day I hope it maybe Get convicts people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean we could go down all sorts of Motown. Oh, yeah. songs. oh my god. <laughs> Motown was like the original innovator of like the feel good song that says something uh -huh. but says it in such a catchy way you don't even know they're preaching to you. You know what I mean? You just love what's happening. Yeah. So Stevie Wonder was one of the best ones about it. Amen. <laughs> There's a song on Songs in the Key of Life called Just Go Have a Talk with God. And it's it's so good. You know what I mean? Like when you feel like life ain't fair, just go have a talk with God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just it's a it's a it's a God song, but it doesn't feel like you can't sing it in the in the world, so to speak. And I think right. that's literally all I want to do is make God songs that you can sing on the Kardashians. <laughs> you know? Well, they need God, too. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's awesome. Thank you so much Man, for, your, is... I mean, for your time. Yes. Some pride 
some brighter days I know there's gonna be some brighter days I swear that love will find you in your pain I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins Whoa, I know there's gonna be some brighter days I swear that love will find you in your pain I feel it in me like the beating of life in my veins I know there's gonna be some brighter days I know there's gonna be some brighter days I know there's gonna be some brighter days If you know someone who you think would be inspired by what you just heard today, share it with a friend. And until next time, thanks for listening to Life Inspired.